0: It's Twitter Tuesday here on the Locked on Giants podcast. Your questions are coming up next. You are Locked on Giants, your daily New York Giants podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, New York Giant fans, and welcome to another edition of the Lock on Giants podcast, part of the Lock on Podcast family, your team every day. My name is Patricia Traina. Happy Tuesday, everybody. It is a Twitter Tuesday. That means your questions are on today's show. We have about a dozen questions. We're going to get through every single one of them. And before I do, let me first thank you for making this program your first listen of the day. Really appreciate it. Over on YouTube, we're getting oh so close To that 1000 listener mark. And uh, hopefully, we get there soon, and I'll be able to run a special promotion to thank all of you who have subscribed to the channel, who listen to the channel. All right. As I said, it is a Twitter Tuesday. We have a very busy show. So let's not waste any time. Let's get right into your questions. All right. So we've got a bunch of them. And we're going to kick this off with all our Twitter questions. We also have a few email questions, but let's kick this first one off from. User WJBR Internet Radio wants to know during fourth and goal at the one they had Booker take another stab at it. I thought they should have used Penny. What say you? Um, I think they should have blocked it better, to be honest with you. I'm I, If I remember correctly, and I'm roughly about halfway through my uh, my film study and I don't have my notes in front of me. But if I remember correctly, I think Kyle Rudolph missed out on a block or didn't get a good block on that play. And it wouldn't have mattered if they used Booker or Penny. That said, I know where you're going with this because I kind of made this point as well on my show yesterday, as well as in my articles on Giants Country. Eli Penny was pushing the pile as a short yardage runner. And today I asked head coach Joe Judge about that. Spoiler spoiler alert. I'm I'm hoping to get Eli Penny, uh, do an interview with him this week to have that as a bonus episode for you guys. Um, at some point down the line. So that's a little spoiler alert. Anyway. Um, yeah, uh, I would have done maybe a, a, even a quarterback sneak on that play. I mean, you know, I, I don't know that I like the play calling inside the five yard line, but um, it is what it is. And, you know, no point going back and revisiting it, I guess. But yeah, I agree with you. I thought I thought the choice of personnel there was a little odd, to say the least. All right. Up next, we have George Grossi from G at G Grossi Law, who has uh, two questions. I think Judge took unnecessary risk with Jones by leaving him in for the whole game last week and sending him out as a receiver Sunday. Do you agree? And then second question. would uh, Actually, let me ask answer the first one. Then I'll an- answer the second one. No, I disagree this time, George. And the reason for that is Daniel. Um, was now a couple weeks out from his concussion, and there were no setbacks. So if there are no setbacks. Carry on, you know. Um, Daniel as a receiver, I would like to have thought that you know if he was facing a, a, you know, peril, he would have slid or something like that to avoid any hard hits. And you know they got lucky. You know, look, you know I, I get what you're saying. You want to protect the franchise quarterback, but you can't play or coach scared. And if Daniel was just coming off of a concussion this past, you know, the the game before I might've felt differently, but not this week. It's onward and upward with Daniel Jones and just hope that when the Giants do call him, call on him to be a runner or a receiver or whatever, that they're smart about it. And he's smart about it on top of everything else. Okay. Okay. Your second question, did the Giants run the great majority of their plays to the right side of the field against Carolina? If so, why? Okay, according to Pro Football Focus, which I'm looking at the screen right now, um, they ran 31 times and they ran left end six times, left tackle one time, left guard two times, middle left two, middle right two, right guard five times right tackle two times, right end eight times, and a quarterback keeper was three times. So I'm just just doing the math real quick in my head. Um, they ran seven, nine, um, nine and eight, 17. So 17 times to the right and seven, nine, 11 times to the left. Yeah. Okay. So yes, the answer to your question is they did run a little bit more to the right side. Why? That's where the tight end was. They put the tight end uh, mostly on the right side of the alignment. So that's where the help was. That's usually, you know, a good indication where they're going to, to do some running is if wherever that tight end lines up. The Giants were in um, a, quite a bit of, of 12 personnel, I think a little bit more than what I remember them being in in past weeks. But um, that's, I think, why they ran mostly to that right side. Okay, thank you for that question. And uh, let's see what we have next is a question from Mitch, who in parentheses calls himself a Tony enjoyer. Dickon Kadarius Tony. I love it. Quite simply, Mitch wants to know, is Peppers going to be OK? OK, um, Mitch, too soon to tell. Um, we asked Joe Judge about that on Monday's conference call with him. And Peppers, you know, was seeing the doctor, you know, this, you know, the spiel by now with Joe Judge, they go and they get their tests in the morning and then they meet with the doctors in the afternoon, the injured players do. Um, Peppers has a knee injury and an ankle injury. My guess, and this is just a guess, I don't have any information as I record this, but when you have multiple injuries like that, I would be surprised if Peppers is able to play on uh Monday night. I hope he is, you know, because they do have the benefit of an extra day. And um, you know, it would obviously depend on how severe those those injuries are. But um I I don't know, man. I I, I don't know if he's gonna be good to go for Monday night. I just hope that they're not season ending injuries. So um unfortunately I don't have more information for you because as Joe Judge has said, you know, let's see how they are in a couple of days, because that could, that's going to tell us a lot. So thank you for that question. Anthony OC at affirmation 93 is up next. And he wants to know, do you think the coaches will get Kadarius Tony involved more at the quarterback position, similar to how Taysom Hill is sometimes utilized? Not that Daniel Jones is insufficient there. I'm curious if it will add more unpredictability to the offense. Good question, Anthony. Um, I do think the Giants will take advantage of that skill set of Tony's. Because Tony, of course, was a former high school um, quarterback and a pretty good one from what I understand. Um, but will the Giants use Tony in that role to the extent that the Saints use Taysom Hill in that role? I don't think it will be that often. Um, you may see it here and there. I don't think it'll be every week, but um, I think they'll have some plays in the playbook. And when the situation and the alignment from the defense calls for it, they will bring those plays out and try to catch the defense off guard. And I'm, I'm excited about it. I love what Tony brings to the table um, in, in that regard, um, just like I liked what I saw from Dante Pettis, who has that baseball background and who kind of took that quarterback role there for a little bit. All right, giant fans, we have more of your questions coming up on today's Twitter Tuesday. But first, if you do a lot of driving like I do, then you need to know about a fantastic new app called Get Upside. When you open an account on the Get Upside app, you can get up to 25 cents per gallon back every time you fill up at the pump. Get Upside makes it easy to save on your gasoline and they give you. Multiple cash out options. Anytime you're ready to cash out, the options include PayPal, direct to your bank account, Amazon gift cards, and so many more. You're in charge. You pick when and how you get your money back. And today, when you open an account with the GetUpside Upside app, you use our promo code Touchdown, and you will get a bonus twenty five cents off on your first fill up. That means you'll get up to fifty cents off per gallon your first fill up with the GetUpside app. So get the app, downloaded today from the iTunes store or from the Google Play store, set up your account, use our special promo code, Touchdown, and start saving today every time you fill up at the pump. All right, Giant fans, welcome back to the Locked on Giants podcast. So you've got a Twitter Tuesday, and I am, of course, your host, Patricia Trana Appreciate everybody who wrote in. And we are going through every single one of your questions received on Twitter, as well as on email. Now, if you don't see your question or don't hear your question, that means I got it after I taped it. So I'll try to hold it for next week. But, you know, the mailbag's always open. You can send them the questions to me at LockedOnGiantsPodcast at gmail.com. And I do save them. And, um, you know, when it comes time to taping these shows which for, you know, for those of you who have asked me, I usually take my shows at the, in the evening after dinner. So like around seven, eight o'clock is when I do the shows, unless we're talking about game day, then I'm doing those usually right after um, a game ends or within a couple of hours after they end. So hope that helps you with planning. All right. Getting back to your questions. KJ Lafaso wants to know, if the Giants are going to fire Dave Gettleman, shouldn't be before the trade deadline, or at least not letting him be at the one making the decisions at this point. Kevin, right now, I don't think the Giants are going to trade them. Um, I'm sorry, I don't think the Giants are going to fire Dave Gettleman at this moment. All right, seriously, who are they going to get to replace them if they were to do that? Kevin Abrams, Koontz, you know, um, somebody who who works underneath Gettleman. I mean. If you're gonna make that change, just start all over again, don't patchwork it. So um, no, I, I don't think Gettleman is gonna be fired. What I have said, I think will happen is at the end of the year, if things are kind of rough still, you will probably see the Giants and Gettleman mutually agreeing to part ways. I know that is a matter of semantics, but I don't see it being a flat out firing. It's going to be a mutual parting of ways if it comes down to that. All right. Now, regarding your concern about the trade deadline and not letting him be the one to make decisions, Joe Judge was asked about that kind of indirectly um, during Monday's uh, presser. And Judge kind of had something interesting to say. He said that he has a long-term vision of what he wants the roster to look like. Right? He's not just looking at the roster today or tomorrow or next week or next month. He's looking at it long-term. So you have to remember the head coach and the general manager work hand in hand with one another. So if there is a player that Judge doesn't want on the roster for whatever reason, and the Giants get a decent offer, the GM is going to move them. But I don't think you're going to see an instance where, Dave Gettleman is just going to move players at random without checking with Joe Judge and getting Joe's blessing on the decision. That's not how that relationship works. Dave is there to support what Joe and the coaches need. All right. Now you can argue about what kind of job he's done and that's fine, but this isn't a case like back in the day with George Young, where George Young bought the groceries, so to speak, and gave them to Bell Parcells to kind of whip up the, the gourmet meals. This is a little bit more of a collaborative relationship between the GM and the head coach. So the, the long story is, or the short answer to your question is, is it doesn't matter if Dave Gettleman is here or if he's not here. And P.S. I do think he will be here. Like I said, he will finish out the season and then we'll see what happens at the end of the season because if the Giants turn it around, then obviously um, it'll be up to Dave as to whether he stays or if he goes. So thank you for your questions. All right, next we hear from John Spielman, who writes, fans have been optimistic after the Saints game. We saw it quickly disappear. How should Giant fans approach this win, uh, assuming you mean this win against uh, Carolina, going forward knowing KC, Las Vegas, and Tampa Bay away? John, that's an interesting question. And I think some fans are going to be optimistic about it because you know there's that old belief that the other guys line up and they get paid to play too, and the Giants, you know, were the better team. And then you're going to have some who are going to say, "Well, Carolina is a mess, and the Giants just beat up on a team that was worse than that." But here's how I look at it, and this is how I I would uh, recommend people look at things. You know, if they're asking for my opinion. The Giants didn't play down to the level of the Carolina Panthers, which I thought was very encouraging. You know, they, they, there was no taking their foot off the, the jugular, so to speak, no taking their foot off the gas pedal. They played hard. They played competitively. And, you know, it was it a perfect game? No, but it was a solid game. The fundamentals were head and shoulders better than what they've been in past weeks. And it was a performance they can build on. Now, we also learned, I think, that, you know, if we go back to the Saints game, that any team can beat any other team any given Sunday. So I would say, moving forward, be cautiously optimistic. All right. Kansas City, their defense is a mess right now. Um, Their offense, still potent, still can burn you, but, you know, Patrick Mahomes can have a bad day just like anybody else. Same thing with the, the Raiders. Same thing with the Bucks. Um, so I would say, you know, have some optimism. You know, ca- I, I myself am cautiously, cautiously optimistic. Am I going to pick the Giants to win when I do my final predictions? Probably not, but I got to get through the week. I've got to see who's going to be available. I've got to do my film study, but you know, right now I probably won't, but who knows? I might change my mind and say, you know what? They have a chance of winning on Sunday. So that's kind of a long answer, but you know, the short answer would be be cautiously optimistic. It sure beats being pessimistic, I think every week. So, all right, Uh, let's see. Next, we have a question from my man, Ruben, who checks in. Wants to know, um, with the effectiveness of Eli Penny and the need for tight ends with the wide receiver injuries, do you see the Giants' offense in more 12, 22, or 21 personnel against the Chiefs? Ruben, I think it's going to depend, to be honest with you. Um, 12 personnel uh, is is a formation I'd like to see the Giants use as their base, but if they get some of their – players back, you know, if they get Galladay back, Kadarius Toney back, they might go more 11 personnel. Um, the the 22 and the 21 personnel, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm kind of shooting blanks here because I haven't studied the Chiefs yet. Again, I'm recording this on a Monday night and I don't really do my film study on the team until like Tuesday. So I, I apologize. I'm, I'm drawing a blank here, but I would like to see the Giants more with 12 personnel. At that point, then it doesn't matter if Eli Penny is, is you know, in the, on the field or not because 12 personnel, as you know, one running back, two tight ends, All right, And that running back is probably going to be either Devonta Booker or if he's healthy, Saquon Barkley. So um, I think if the Giants were to use 22 or 21 personnel, again, your two backs are going to be a healthy Barkley and Booker. Um, so I I don't think, I don't think you would see Penny, um, that often, which is a shame because he's not a bad player, you know, and he was really good in the short yardage situations, but that's his role. So if that's what his role is going to be, then so be it, you know, let him do that and let him do it well, which he, which he did, um, against the Panthers. Okay. Thank you for the question. All right. Let's go now to some email questions. All right. And we have uh, we actually have three that are coming up from Renato P. So I'm going to take the first one now and then I'll get the other two after the break. So uh, this first one from Renato P. If Daniel Jones stops, stop doing these mistakes from the loss against the Rams independently, who's going to be independently on who's going to be the next coach GM. Do you foresee him in the long term? All right, Renato, I think what you're asking me is if the Giants go with a new GM, would Jones be the quarterback? And I think the answer is going to be yes. You know, um, I know there's a common belief that when there's a new head coach, a new GM, they want their own guy. But that doesn't always happen. And right now, I don't think Daniel Jones has played that badly to warrant consideration of replacing him, regardless of who the head coach is going to be, regardless of who the GM is going to be next year. Daniel Jones has been pretty good this year, all things considered. So, um, so yeah, I, I would say if a new GM does come in for whatever reason, why would you want to totally tear it all down and start from scratch? I mean, unless Daniel Jones proves to be not the answer. And again, he hasn't been the main problem with this team. So I don't think you start all over again. So, all right. We got more coming up, folks, from Renato P. from uh, Brazil, as well as a few more email questions. Stick around. We'll be right back. All right, Giant fans, still more to come on. Today's Locked on Giants Twitter Tuesday edition. But first, get all the latest news Info, odds, and sign up bonuses for all your sporting needs by heading over to betonline.ag on your laptop or mobile device. When you open an account and use our special promo code locked on, you'll get a 50% welcome bonus on your initial deposit. Again, that's code locked on for your 50% welcome bonus. Terms and conditions do apply. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. <laughs> All right, Giant fans, still more to come on today's show. But first, let me tell you about our friends over at rockauto.com. No matter what you need for your car or truck, rockauto.com is sure to have it in its extensive online catalog. rockauto.com offers branding parts for every make, model, and manufacturer at highly competitive prices, and they ship right to your door. So visit rockauto.com today and tell them that Locked On sent you When they ask you about that in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box, let them know that we sent you, and uh, check them out. rockauto.com, amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com. All right, Cheyenne fans, we've got a Twitter Tuesday going on. And again, if you want to get involved in Twitter Tuesday, all you got to do, send me an email with your question or questions. The email address is locked on giants podcast at gmail.com that is available in the show notes below, or you can tweet them to me at, uh, Patricia underscore train T R A I N A. tag them, ask P train. And a lot of times, you know, on a Monday when I remember to do so at any rate, I'll usually put up a, um. You know, a tweet and I'll say, hey, collecting questions for the podcast or for the Giants country mailbag. And you can always respond to those tweets as well. I bookmark them and then I go back and I look. So uh, hope uh, hope to hear from you. All right. So continuing with a couple more questions from Renato P from Brazil. This is a little different, uh, different one, a fun question for me. What's your first football memory and what's your first Giants memory? Are they the same? They're not the same, believe it or not. Um, and uh my first football memory, and I told this story actually, I think, in the epilogue or the intro of my book. I'm trying to remember if it was at the beginning or the end of my book. I know I told the story. Ah, I know when it was. It was in the acknowledgement section of my book. So my first exposure to football was when I was in first grade, and I remember we went out for gym class. Now, we had a big field adjacent to the gymnasium and we went outside. It was a fall day. And I remember um, I think we were playing kickball, which I absolutely loved as a kid. I was so good at kickball. I should have gone out and been been an NFL kicker. That's how good I was. But anyway, um, so I went out and I remember we had to sit down on the ground for something. I think we were sitting while we were waiting for our turn to come up. And I looked over to my left side and I saw a piece of paper. That looked like a treasure map. And it was actually, it was a football play from somebody's Pop Warner book, I guess. And I looked down and I picked it up. And back in the day, this, now I'm going to date myself. I realize this, but back in the day, we had to wear these awful looking blue um, gym suits. They were just terrible, they were like one piece and they would have our name on the back, our last name on the back. So the teacher knew who was who and Oh, they were just awful, hideous. And i they had pockets. And I remember picking up the paper and putting it in my pocket. And I brought it home that night. And at the dinner table, I pulled it out. And I remember telling my parents, I found a treasure map. And I pulled it out. And my father looked at it. And he goes, let me see that. And he looked at it. and He goes, it's not a treasure map. That's a football play. And I said, football play? What's that? And thus the monster that is known as Patricia a football writer, football podcaster was born. Um, I took an interest in learning football and I would watch football with my dad on Sundays. Um, and he would patiently answer my questions. You know, when he was home, that is, I mean, he was a giant season ticket holder for a number of years. And when, you know, so he would go to the gate, the home games. And when he was home, he would sit with me and I, I just got hooked. And um Really, my, my you know interest in football really took off in 1978. That was probably my first Giants memory. And that was the year of the fumble. And the reason why I remember that is because my dad went to that game and I remember him coming home and he was furious. I have never seen him that furious in my life. And I'm, you know, a young kid at the time. What am I, about 10 years old, 11 years old? I, I, about 10, I think, 10 or 11. Um, and he's, he comes home, he's furious. And here's how I knew my dad was really upset. Back in the day, whenever he wanted to write a letter, a personal letter, he always had me write it. Because as he used to say, he said, you're the writer of the family. You're a good writer. You write the letter and I'll sign it. He wrote the letter himself. I remember he wrote a letter to Wellington Mara and sent it. And I said, and I remember getting offended by that. I said, dad, I write the letters. Why why aren't you letting me write the letters? And he goes, I'm going to write this letter. And, you know, I later found out years, years later, I, I asked him about that. And he said, I wasn't going to have you write that letter because apparently the letter had some cuss words in there. And I don't think my father would have liked me using cuss words back then. So that was my first Giants memory. It wasn't a great one, but I do remember that whole fumble incident. And from there, I don't know why I, I really became a fan of the game. I became a fan of Giants football. And as I grew, and I, I promise I'll, I'll wrap the story up and get back to your questions. But this, as I grew up, I used to um, always, uh, I, I was in marching band in high school. And I would always sneak up through my uniform. I would sneak an earpiece and to listen to the giant games because on Sundays they would make us go to band competitions and I hated missing giant games. It just drove me nuts. So I would listen to them. And of course I would get in trouble. You know, the, the drum major who's one of my, my uh, classmates would give me crap about it. The only thing is, is, you know, she was about, she came up to maybe here on me. So I was about a good head or so taller than her. And I'm like, you ain't going to bully me. So we still have a laugh about that. I saw her a few years ago at a reunion and, and we still laugh about that. But anyway, thank you. Thank you for that trip down memory lane. And folks, thank you for letting me uh, share that one. That was a lot of fun. All right, final question from Renato P uh, from Brazil. Any spoilers on the content you'll provide on the bye week Are you going to rest a bit? Um, no, I'm not going to rest that much. But I also don't know what content I'm going to do. I kind of take it, one or two days at a time and just see how things flow. So I haven't planned that far ahead, but as soon as I know stuff, obviously I'll announce it for you guys. So you can decide whether or not to tune in. So. All right. Next question comes from, there's actually two questions here and these are our final two questions. They come from Andrew G who, uh, who whose wife I gave a shout out to on the last on the last Twitter Tuesday edition. And she was appreciative to, appreciative of it so thank you for sharing that with me all right so Andrew wants to know how has the play of Will Hernandez been um let me take that one first it's been up and down um there are days when he looks solid and then there are days where it's just been a mess this past weekend was a little bit of a mess it just wasn't as sharp as you'd like it to see and uh, I don't know if that's because of Nate Solder or Billy. Pratt. I, I don't know if it's because of either guy next to him, but for a stretch there, Will was actually playing, I thought, better after a rough start. Um, but it's been too inconsistent for my taste. And I don't know why, but uh, Will just, you know, he was great as a rookie, but just hasn't quite, match that uh, performance level. And who knows if that's because of all the different coaches he's had or, or or whatnot, but uh, look, I have no problem with Will's effort. I have no problem with the fact that the guy has been an absolute workhorse. He hasn't missed a snap. So fingers crossed that the more they play together on that right side, the better. And I'm glad the giants didn't move Nate Solder from right tackle, to left tackle with Andrew Thomas out, because You know, you want to establish some kind of stability at some point with that offensive line, which they haven't been able to do. So we'll see. All right. And your final question is, uh, what do you think about Eli's post-retirement adventure so far? And um, any chance you can get him on a podcast? I love Eli's stuff. I got to admit, he is just a natural and I'm with you. I wish he had shown some of that when he was, he was a player. He actually did at times. He actually did let his personality poke through when he was in a smaller group, or if he was like one-on-one with you, he would, he would be cracking jokes and, you know, put a straight face and everything. So he did show that. Um, I do once in a while catch that the Eli Manning show just for curiosity's sake, you know, like if I'm having a lunch break or something, I I might throw it on um, and take a look at it, but I don't keep up with as much of that stuff because, you know, I'm just so busy during the course of the day writing, you know, doing podcasts and all the stuff that I do. So I don't follow it as closely maybe as, as the fans or some of the fans do. Uh, you asked if there was any chance I could have Eli on the podcast. I actually did have Eli on the podcast along with his dad, Archie, back during Super Bowl week, I believe it was. They were doing a promo for uh, Frito-Lay. And this was before, obviously, the show went to YouTube, but um, it was uh, Super Bowl week, and they did an ad for Frito-Lay, and we talked giant football. Um, It was a great interview. It was actually a fun interview with uh, Eli and his pop, Archie Manning. So if you want to check that out, um, I'll see if I can find the link to that show. You would have to get that off of iTunes or, or, uh, you know, Megaphone, but um, if I can find it, I'll, I'll, I'll post it. If not, I think if you do a Google search, "Latan Giants Eli Manning," you should be able to find the, the link to that show. But um, yeah, Eli's in in high demand, and you know every once in a while though uh, he does he, he's involved in a marketing uh, venture. And uh, if I get the opportunity to speak with him for the podcast, you know I'm going to grab it if I can. So, um, but yeah, I enjoy hearing from him. I enjoy you know what he brings to the table, and continue good luck to him in his retirement. All right, Giant fans, that is going to do it for this edition of the Locked On Giants podcast. Thank you so much for making us your first listen of the day. And just a heads up, folks, um, even though the Giants are playing Monday night, we're still going to have our crossover show on Thursday with the guys from Locked On Chiefs. And uh, we'll have our usual content like on uh, Wednesday and Friday. We'll see what comes up. I haven't planned it yet, but I'm sure I'll come up with something, especially with the trade deadline coming up. And, um, I am also working to get you another interview. I mentioned that at the start of the show, I hope to maybe get a chance to speak with Eli Penny, who I've spoken with before and who's a great interview. So fingers crossed, I can bring that to you as well. If not, I'll try and get somebody else and we'll see how that goes. So, all right. Thank you for making us your first listen. Don't forget to check out our other great podcasts here on the Locked On Podcast Network, Locked On NFL, Locked On Today. Um... Locked on NBA, uh, Locked on MLB. We've got all kinds of podcasts, every sport covered. Check them out. Until tomorrow, folks, have a great one.